Welcome back to the Chasing Tone Podcast. I'm the host today, Brian Wampler, back again with Blake Wyland. Hi, Blake. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. I already done that. That's that episode 115, I think I used that, so I can't strike that from the record. Can't use that one anymore. Oh, well, I think we used it more than once already, but you know, Probably however, so. many, however many podcasts... You know, we've done, we're bound to repeat ourselves at some point. I have a limited number of dad jokes, and that's one of them. (laughs) I, um, I, 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 I'll, I was thinking of you the other day. This might sound kind of weird. I was shoe shopping. Shoe shopping. Yeah. And I, uh, I seen me some crispy, crispy white New Balances. And immediately, I thought of Brian Wampler, and I thought I should buy those and send them to him because those look those look like shoes for him. <laughs> so you, but seriously, it, I you, did. I was like, these look like the shoes that Brian and I were just talking about when we were talking about dads. I'm like, surprised these are these shoes. I, I wonder, or maybe I'm surprised because I haven't seen it, but I would think that like on Amazon there should be like the quote unquote dad package, which is you know uh-huh. the white New Balance shoes and a pair of khaki shorts. Yeah. You know, I would possibly think so. a polo shirt, polo, nice polo shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because um, that guy's going to go out on the town with Nance. And, They're going to Olive Garden. Well, see, and I, I got to I've been thinking about this a lot because, um, see, I I wear I wear the, the tennis shoes because, well, frankly, I work from home and they're more comfortable. Uh, no one ever sees me. I mean, you're lucky if uh, I, I comb my hair before I do videos and generally not any other time. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, so I was thinking, uh, of course, I don't have a whole lot of hair really to begin with. So you can't really tell if I do comb it or don't. <laughs> but anyways, um, where was I going with that, Blake? I don't know. It's a nice uh, gesture that oh, you yeah. at least pretend to comb your hair before, <laughs> for your audience. That's nice. That kind of smush it back a little bit and, you know, put a little deodorant on it just in case there's a smell cam somewhere. Um, okay, it's possible. It's 2019. Uh, you never know what AI will invent that will go back in time. You're like, oh my gosh, that guy smelled. Oh, you know. Um, <laughs> Why did anybody listen to his podcast? Can, can you smell him through this exactly, podcast right now? Exactly. But I was thinking about the khaki shorts thing. So I'll admit... Uh, I, I do have I do have a fair share of, of khaki as well as other shorts, including uh, two different colors of camouflage, gray and normally normal green camouflage. And um, I was thinking, like, what am I at? So as a 45, almost 45 year old man in 2019, what am I supposed to wear? You know? Oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. Like, like what, I think that it that is what you're supposed to wear. What, what shorts would you rather me wear? I mean, to to all the ones like, huh, nice dad shorts, dude. Um, what would you rather me wear? Like, I don't like Daisy Dukes. I don't. I don't really want to wear jeans when I'm just hanging out here, you know? Because like, why? They're uncomfortable, you know? Maybe you got the wrong jeans. I'm wearing some jeans right now that. I'm- quite they're quite cozy okay so nice i i got my workout pants on not not my not my yoga pants i know i don't wear legging yoga pants generally not yet not yet i might though but no i got i got my running pants on my workout pants and um you know because it's kind of chilly here today but when it gets warmer i will wear shorts well 
So I'm asking you as, as the, as the younger member of, um, the conversation. Okay. What sort of, what, what shorts should I be wearing? That's what everyone that's listening to a gear con gear podcast is dying. To what know. shorts? Yeah. I think, uh, well, first of all, let me, let me first say that as a, as a, well, I'm now kind of a senior member of the, you know, kind of hardcore scene, I suppose. Although it was never like super, I don't know. That was, there's lots of hardcore uh, guys that wear the, the uh, camo shorts. So I feel like that's a, that's a universal thing. So I'm safe. I'm safe with the camouflage then. I think you're good with the camo shorts. You're probably fine. Um, the khaki dad shorts. I mean, who am I to say? What, what am I? Some sort of fashion icon? I know for a fact that, that I like myself some cargo shorts to, you know, put stuff in. Right. Uh, that's, a, that's the same thing. That's the same thing though, right? Khaki shorts that, and cargo shorts. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying there's, there's nothing wrong with them is what I'm getting at. Uh, if you, if I'm wearing shorts, I, I have some black shorts and some gray shorts. Uh, they, I guess they're not technically like dad shorts. They're like, they're kind of like skateboarder shorts. I think hmm. like one of them's made by DC and the other's like some Vans shorts or something. So I don't know if that like helps you at all. So my sweat think, shorts, those don't count then. Cause I do have a pair of gray sweat shorts. You know? Gray sweat shorts are just kind of never a good, good deal. <laughs> it's not just not a great thing. I mean, you know, like I said, what do I know? I'm, I'm no, no fashionista. I, you know, I wear t-shirts and jeans and uh and shorts when it gets warm and uh i don't know i wouldn't exactly call myself the epitome of fashion so i'm not i'm not i'm not sure if you want me guiding you on your your dad shorts journey maybe that should be my new uh my new thing on youtube i'm the influencer for guitar playing dad shorts who i'm the the influencer for guitar playing ceos who wear dad clothes you know that i mean i feel like there's probably that's probably a lot of people Maybe, maybe I, what's, what's the popular khaki shorts, dockers or something like that? Yeah, maybe, probably dockers. Maybe I need to get a, maybe I need to get some sort of, some sort of, uh, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A sponsorship. Sponsorship from dockers, you know, rock them on the YouTube channel. Why not? You know, you might as well be, you, you know, you might as well be proud of what you got. Hey. You know, I don't see, I don't see any reason to like be trying to get you to squeeze into a, a, a pair of skinny jeans not, <laughs> not at this time not at this 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 stage in your life you've gone this far without it i don't think that it's really necessary for you to be wearing ripped up skinny jeans well the pro- i feel like that would be actually be really weird if you were <laughs> the problem is when i do wear my ripped up skinny jeans my dunlop my dunlop gets into action you know what a dunlop is right uh, oh, you dunlopped over my, dun- your my, pants. my belly that dunlopped over my pants comes, comes right. out you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about uh, your guitar picks right. in this case. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway. So basically, I think you're fine and we don't need to talk about shorts anymore. That's <laughs> right, what I'm going this with. is actually leading me to um, April Fool's Day. So as we record this, April Fool's Day was yesterday, April 1st, So, which means that today is April 2nd as we record this. Yes. As you listen to this, it's probably like the 8th or something, I don't know. Somewhere around there. Um, but anyway, so I was, you know, I, I was gearing up for uh, our video last week, actually. actually. I did the video like on Thursday or something like that, maybe. And um, 
I was trying to decide what to wear, you know? Okay. I, I can't, I generally just wear my workout pants because I don't give a damn. And, um, and that's, I don't give a damn. Like I just, I, I figure people know that that's just who I am. Right. It's like, that's the authentic me. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, in my closet, we, we did the hair distortion video a few years ago and I, and I saw <laughs> like at the top shelf, like, wait, what are those white pants? And I got them out and they were like the tiger striped white leggings that I wore. For the- <laughs> and I thought, and for a minute, I told my wife, Amanda, I thought, I, I wonder if anybody would notice if I just wore these, like it was completely normal. Like not, not even to- because the video is done very dry. Like it's not a, uh, like it's legit, like a legit product, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember it well. <laughs> I thought, I wonder what people would say if I wore these tiger-striped leggings for this product video. Um, but then I decided against it because... I think that would know. be really awesome, honestly, if you just did that and didn't address it. Just never brought it up, the fact that you're wearing these tiger-striped leggings and you are just you just do it for no reason. I may do that. I mean, you have... I would uh, love that. <laughs> you have Reinhold Bogner who wears, you know, his, his, uh, eccentric style of clothing, of course, you know, and eccentric. I never, I, every day at NAM I would come by the booth just to see what he was wearing. <laughs> what is he wearing today? <laughs> he's an, he's a very interesting person. Um, and actually was a really nice guy too, but, uh, <laughs> so, all right. So maybe that's, that's my new thing then. Then maybe my yeah, new thing is. I don't see so, why not. So I need to get on Amazon and find some some uh, other oddball types of pants. Apparently. Well, we were talking about yoga pants earlier. That's basically what those things are. Maybe maybe that's what uh maybe that's where I need to start going with my life. You know, yoga pants all the time. I I've been told by uh, lots of ladies that they're that's they're the greatest thing ever invented. For so, guys, I don't know. No, just no, just like I don't know. There's women that live in yoga pants. I don't know too many guys that do, but my wife, she loves her yoga pants. She always talks I, about how wonderful they are. I recall the last time I wore them, which oddly enough was when I did the hair distortion video. I hated it. I felt like I felt like I was naked number 1. Number 2, the man Not comfortable. The, the man the man bits kind of was uncomfortable, <laughs> especially with a bunch of people around me filming. Um, and then, you know, I got hairy legs and it was itchy. Oh yeah. The hairy legs would be a, a big one. People yeah. don't think about that. Is Ladies it, don't generally have that problem. Right. It's, it is itchy. And, but anyways, let's get back to April fools. Cause that's much more interesting than, uh, 11 minutes, 11 minutes pants conversation, 11 minutes of dad <laughs> clothing, but Hey, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I might. I might just throw a fit. You don't know that for sure. But yes, April Fool's Day yesterday, and as many, many people in the gear world know, uh, or people who pay attention to the gear world, it's become quite a thing for manufacturers to make up fake, basically fake products and fake things that are going on on April Fool's Day. And, um, you know, in the in the past, I, I've really enjoyed it, and there's still some that I, that I, I get a kick out of, and I, but I almost wonder, like some people, a lot of a lot of the customers and the you know gear nerds tend to like they seem to be not as interested in it anymore. Like it was really funny for a few years, and now I feel like people are just kind of tired of it. Uh, what do you think? Well, see, I was wondering about that because this year, 
I almost didn't do it because we've we've done it like every year and I'm kind of I'm, it's kind of a pain in the butt to be honest with you to like actually make a product that works in some way in this in this instance um we did some dsp coding to make it work as intended which took some time and had to custom print an enclosure and all that crap so there was a lot involved um but I don't, there wasn't like there really wasn't anyone that participated this year versus last year when everyone participated. Well, there there was still a lot, but a There's lot of a people few. I feel like um, some people there was a lot of manufacturers who did the classic bit of, well, that's it, we're folding up shop, and I don't really that's not that funny, you know what I mean? Like that's just like, I mean, I get it, like you want to pull a fast one on people, but at the same time, like that's not. I don't find I didn't get a deep belly laugh out of anybody pretending to go out of business. You know, that's just seems kind of I don't know. I'd rather you just didn't do April Fool's at that point. Right. In my in my opinion. So for us, we did um, kind of a spoof on the Terraform, which Terraform is like, you know, 11 different algorithms of modulation effects. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we did a pedal called the Totally Buffed and it was 11 different vintage style buffers. Just the, just the buffering circuits. Actually, more correctly, the buffered bypass circuits. Right. right. So, um, you know, we spoofed a boss uh, made in Japan versus made in Taiwan, uh, Behringer Electroharmonics, um, the Crybaby Wall bypass. Uh, what else? I forget. I forget. I I, it's, I can't reach the pedal from here, but basically it was several different types of those style effects. And then we had like a tone suck knob, which took out high end and then a, what was it? Massive tone suck knob or something like that, um, <laughs> that took out low end. So basically they're low pass filters and high pass filter variable, low pass filters and high pass filters for the resident DIY nerds in the audience. Um, and so, and what I did on each algorithm, so that stuff was coded in, the, the DSP stuff. But the actual buffers themselves, I, uh, I mean, the pedal does work and everything, but it, do, it does, it's not actually switching in, like, buffers and analog components. And so right. I, I did a lot of that manipulation in post, meaning, you know, I'd play the guitar part, and then after I played all the parts, then I'd do EQing, maybe drop some decibels and, you know, stuff like that. So there was a change on everything. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So, and then one of the knobs uh, was like, it was a simulation for old school wireless, guitar wireless uh, devices. Mm -hmm. And so as you turned it up, it would, <laughs> it would add in AM radio frequencies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and to do this... So I had recorded like I, I was like, what's what's like the um, the cliched AM radio thing? At least around here, it'd be Sean Hannity. So I found like Sean Hannity talking about Trump or something, which is that's all that's on talk radio here. I think I never listen to radio, but I think that's what's on. Uh, since this this tends to be a very very Republican and conservative area um, overall. Uh, but anyways, so I added that in, did a little more EQ. So it sounded like an old, old AM radio, mm -hmm. even though you I was blended it in, even though I actually was, was playing it on my phone through the guitar pickup, 
Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like held it up to the guitar right. pickup to try to right. try to get that sound, you know, of, of through a guitar and and through a guitar amp. Um, but I ended up having to do a little bit more EQ because apparently the apparently the phone, the speakers on the iPhone had a little bit too much clarity and a little bit too much bass compared to an. <laughs> they were radio. a little bit a little bit yeah. too good right. to be to be believable. <laughs> That's uh, funny. So we had that, and we had a a, a switch that was like. The you know the old school true bypass switches that had the big white washer. I mean, some people still use them, but the switches are much better nowadays. But whenever companies were first starting out, you know back in the early two thousands, you could basically only get one type of switch. It was the blue one. Uh, it was probably made from the same place, and sometimes the, you you'd get a batch, and you know a couple wouldn't work, or a couple wouldn't work for very long. Like you just knew what you you didn't know what you had. You tried to. We went through a lot of testing, like turn them on and off a bunch of times to make sure that they weren't going to crap out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, still, you, you just never knew. That, that was the only triple pull, triple, triple pull, double throw is the type of switch. It was the only um, switch of that type that you could step on that was robust, that, you know, wasn't plastic and wouldn't break. Right. Uh, right. So, I mean, now there's all the companies that started making them, making them a lot better and all different sizes, all, all different. So it's, it's completely different nowadays. But anyways, so the idea was being that these switches, they're notorious for their thump when you turn them on. Like basically no matter what you did within the circuit, the throws inside hit so hard, it would thump real loud. Um, so we, <laughs> you turn that switch on and, uh, it, whenever you turn the pedal on and off, it would thump a lot louder. So simulated that too, but but it was just Basically the idea. You, took, of, you just took a pedal and and you and you put everything wrong with yes, pedals. Every, every, <laughs> everything that that you don't like about about the older pedals, yeah, was was in that yeah. pedal. And then uh, then I, you know, and it, through the whole thing, like I'm I'm sounding like it's a new product. I'm like check it out. It's at our website, you know. And yeah, it's retailing for $997 because of the intense processing power necessary. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. So, um, yeah, fun times. That was, our, that was our April Fool's video. I didn't do anything for April Fool's. I ate pizza and put in a new speaker in my amp. <laughs> That's what I did. And I did it for real. I didn't trick anybody into it either. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I, April Fool's is, I, I don't know, maybe this is worth talking about, maybe not. Uh, is it? Is it just kind of done? Like, are people done with it in the gear industry? Or is it still worth, you know, putting as much, you just described a lot of work. There's a lot for of work. A one, yeah. For a one day joke. Right. You know? Right. And it's is not, it it's not it? evergreen either. It, well, I would say it's not ever evergreen, meaning... Um, how'd you explain evergreen? So something that is, I mean, you can watch it in five years and it's still, it's still just relevant. relevant. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I say that, but I still get comments on the hair distortion video. Usually like you should make this for real. And I'm like, dude, that pedal does nothing but light up the LEDs and turn a fan on. That's all it does. <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> That's was, right. It was a rack unit, wasn't it? I used an like old, it was actually making this. It, yeah. I yeah. used an ADA MP1, the old, uh, That's pop, popular right. rack of, uh, the eighties. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we've talked about it before it did sound it sounded pretty cool maybe uh maybe that needs to be uh, a thing in pedal form i love those things I, uh, it, it, well, actually ada made one in pedal form 
I, I never oh, got they did? A, I never got a chance to try it. I don't think it was tube. But yeah, they made an ADA MP some some you know MP1 type of pedal. I don't think it did very well. It was really expensive though. Compar- comparably. Hmm. Oh, more expensive than the rack unit? I think so. Let's let's see if I can let's see if I have enough internet speed here in the barn to actually look it up. I don't oh, know. Oh no. no. You're so, rolling the dice here, buddy. Last, we might lose you. Last time that happened, we had a little snafu in the middle of last week's podcast where there was nothingness and uh you know, with the magic of editing and our awesome audio editor Bob at the helm Hi, of Bob. the of the Logic Pro, he uh seemed it together pretty seamless but i think i didn't i didn't go back and listen to it he might not have even noticed it <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> maybe there just, was like five minutes of space there i don't know <laughs> there's just a bunch of us going oh i can't hear you. what brian oh brian i can't hear you what's going on yeah let's not risk it we don't want that again we okay that three again. so uh 3.99 on ebay and 3.49 used on reverb that's what it says. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's. I wonder what they were new. We'll have to look that up. But we did. That actually does kind of tie into uh, twenty minutes in. One of the things we were going to talk about, <laughs> other than pants. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm all for some good cargo shirt talk. You know. I I know I know you are, <laughs> but maybe we need to. Maybe we need to spare the listeners the cargo shorts <laughs> for now. For now, they got you know they got a good a good bit in the beginning. They can they can go back and listen to if they really are craving that cargo short talk. Maybe but, um, I, maybe I should put a little caveat at the beginning, like yeah, just skip ten minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be a bad idea. Maybe not. I don't know. Some people like that stuff. That's true. But um, but we were talking about prices uh, in the gear industry and how they don't really follow like they don't really follow inflation or what maybe the other, you know, consumer goods markets do. Right. Um, they, they seem to have a, a the prices stay the same or really close to the same for many, many years in this business, which is kind of interesting. And I know you, you've experienced that. And I certainly have a little bit of experience with that as well, but, um, I don't know how many consumers have have really paid attention to that. Well, I mean, so let's let's talk about 2002 or that era, right? Where Photone was probably the most popular company at the time, probably the biggest, most well-known company of uh, quote-unquote boutique guitar effects, I I would guess, arguably, of course. Yeah, I would say that's probably pretty accurate. Um. I don't remember the cost, but I, th- I, I want to say it was one ninety nine for the full drives. Mm-hmm. For the full uh, drives and the OCDs and stuff. Yeah. I, I think the OCDs were actually, I think they were later, but I think they were cheaper. Oh, you're. Pr- I think you're right about that. Uh, but I, I, think think, the, I think the full drives yeah. were like one ninety nine or something like that. Um, and there were, you know, there were some other companies too that, that were coming on the scene selling pedals. But uh, I mean, just so, so for comparison's sake, uh, a one ninety nine pedal, 2002, adjusting for inflation is a 200 and 200 almost 280 dollars in 2019 money mm-hmm. you know so yeah if almost you, 300 bucks right so uh, you know if you adjust that the other way um a 199 pedal today would actually be a, a just right around 140 dollars in 2002 mm-hmm. so yeah you know, when you when you reverse the situation right right, right. you know and it's um you know, 
if you notice, like prices don't generally go up. If anything, they go down, you know, our, and that's, that's a, that's hard to do because the prices of everything else keep going up. Right. Your material costs, your labor costs, you, you know, every, everything, everything associated going with it. Up. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, 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 and I, you know, there's that, like, that's a fairly recent example, right? But where, where my mind immediately went to is I was, I was talking with my buddy Scott from Stringjoy, who we've talked about on this podcast before, you know, he, you know, as nerdy as we get about pedals, he does the same level of nerdery about strings, which sounds crazy to people because, you know, like how much can there be about strings? Apparently there's a lot. <laughs> so uh, if you want to know more, you know, he's the guy to talk to. But the point is, is he was doing some research and he has some old, old strings and, you know, like brand new strings and new and like basically new old stock strings from like the 60s and 50s and stuff. He also, in doing that research, found a price list, which I I believe was for Gibson strings. I could be make, mixing that up, but it's one of the larger manufacturers from like the 60s. And the prices on strings were basically the same as what they are today for the most part. From the 60s? Obviously, in the 60s. So, so, you know. so what are we saying? Let's call it five bucks, maybe? Yeah, yeah, in the ballpark. Okay. I don't remember the exact numbers, but when he was telling me, it was like it was like less than six bucks. Okay, so let's um, let's call it six bucks just for the sake of argument. Let's call it nineteen sixty-five. That'll that, work. That's fine. That pack of strings should cost forty-eight dollars, adjusted for inflation. Right, and they clearly don't. Right, and so it's it's kind of interesting because like there's this perception by some people and I you know I don't know if it's consumers or if it's retailers or what but I I feel like the prices on the, now I'm not sitting here saying that I want things to be more expensive I am a purchaser of gear and I like to purchase gear on the cheap if at all possible so I'm not advocating for everybody just to jack their prices up but it does seem like somehow this market has sort of artificially kept prices low because there's no way that a pack of strings costs the same uh, to make that they did in the 60s. There's just it's impossible. Right. Well, um, you know, technology has obviously made a lot of things easier, e- even if we're talking about building guitars. I mean, wasn't a whole lot of computer uh, focused um, CNC machines around, you know? Well, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that part of it. That's a that is a solid point. So there's there is some some cheapening of labor via automation in in some ways. Um, but I still think there's still I don't know for that many years of gap string. You know, the string one really got me because that's a huge, like you said, it should be forty eight dollars technically. Right now, obviously, it doesn't need to be. The companies have figured out ways to, you know, refine their processes and survive. But it's kind of it's just interesting more than anything. I don't really have a lot of comment on it other than just like, look at this odd thing in this in this industry that we're in. Um, well, it think, is an odd thing. Yeah. And I think I mean, it, if you pay attention to what's happening with companies a lot, like guitar companies that come in and then go out. I think they're, uh, you know, they, they see that one ninety nine price or whatever that people are selling pedals at. And they think, ah, heck yeah, man, I could build this pedal for 30 bucks. That's a $170 markup. And we've hit on, on this before, but it's just it just doesn't work out that way. You're not taking into so many other things. Not being the least, 
you know, the, the fact that most companies are selling to retailers at one price and the retailers are selling to consumer at the retail price. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's, that's two, uh, two totally different things. And that's yeah. basically yeah. the way everything works. So don't, you know, don't, don't get the idea. I'm being screwed. When It's the same thing with everything. I, I'm trying to think of, of one product that doesn't work that way. Unless your unless your business is direct consumer, uh, meaning you're like it's just completely everything you sell is right direct to the consumer. That's kind of the way it works, and that comes with its own costs as well that you don't have whenever you sell through a retailer of some sort. Uh, two different models, complete so both have advantages and disadvantages. Um, but yeah, I mean, but we do, you know, like we I've harped on this before. This is kind of a rehash of one of our businessy ones, I suppose in some ways, yeah, a little but, bit, maybe. but we've, uh, we were talking about this before and it was like, I can come across as very like, uh, very negative to retailers and I don't mean to be, uh, I just am viewing it through sort of, I guess, that's I your, guess through a the, bit of a millennial. Lens, right. The punk you know? end. You were, that's, that's the punk coming out, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a punk rocker down with the man. No, uh, but like it's I'm just viewing it through a, a kind of a millennial lens in a lot of ways. We're used to dealing with a lot of direct to consumer stuff. I like seeing people do direct to consumer businesses. I like purchasing direct from companies because I feel like, you know, they get a little more of the money and I want to support them in that way. And, um, you know, I, I I I can I can be a little bit harsh on retailers at times, but I don't mean to be because I, I, I want to say this for like for the record. Going to the guitar store is awesome, and the fact that that these retailers have taken a huge financial risk—you know—I'm specifically talking about like mom and pop operations—to give us basically a playground to go into, and maybe we'll buy something while we're there is pretty incredible. I love guitar stores, and I love my local mom and pop retailers. Like I really do. So right, and and, and the and the big guys that are doing a good job. There's some that aren't, and some that are. And the ones that do a good job, I like to support them as well. So I, I don't mean to be such a negative Nancy on retailers, is what I'm trying to say. No, totally get it. I totally get it. I had a, but, uh, had a weird anyway. number call me all of a sudden. I keep getting a lot of spam calls. Oh, you know? so many spam calls these days. It's the, like, I thought we were past that as a society, but no, it's just gotten worse. Apparently, we can stick a car out in space, but we can't stop spam cars. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. Yeah. So, well, maybe we just haven't sicked Elon on it. We got to stick Elon <laughs> on it. That's true. So, um, yesterday there was a. I'll, I'll just throw this in here because it, it still kind of strikes me as funny. Okay. There's a thread on Pedal Boards of Doom, and it was the, you know, the thread that basically says, why do people put Altoid tins on their pedal board? Stop doing that. That's the dumbest right. thing ever. So, you know, big thread full of people posting pictures of their pedal boards with Altoid tins. And then, you know, of course, some people agreed with the original poster saying, yeah, that's, that's the dumbest thing ever. So me being the general jackass that I am <laughs> and it being April oh, Fool's Day, I thought, you know what I do? I said, I said, ah, actually, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Altoids tin, but I, I like to use this empty skull can on my pedal board, you know, put my picks in that. So I, mm-hmm. I, I put together a quick pedal board, had had some nice little Donner pedals on there, 
And uh, I did put a King of Tone on there just to mix in with the three Donners, because why not? And, right, um, of course. You know, put a little skull can on, on the edge of the pedal board. And I explained, you know, skull cans are the best for holding your picks because they're sticky. You throw your picks in there, they get all sticky, and then you don't drop them. They just, you know, it's a perfect it's a setup. great plan. Yeah. Exactly. It's the Martinsville pick holder. It is the Martinsville is. pick. You know, I should brand my own skull tin as a pick holder. You know, Wal- Walrus I has mean, their own pick holders, their own Altoids tins. Why can't I it's do? It's true. I should do a skull. I mean, pin. you could. I mean, Keeley branded his own spice grinder, quote unquote. You know? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you mean, quote unquote, Brian? What uh, else could it possibly be used I, for? I have no idea. None. So, None. I, I guess different types of spices. I don't know. Different, oh, different types of herbs. 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 Herb, herb, herbs, herbal herbs, things. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Keely's the chef, not us. It's like, like I don't know what he could be using it That's, for. But. You make a good point. Make so good if point. you can do a spice grinder, I don't see why you couldn't do a, your own custom chew cans. You know, it just seems, <laughs> seems like a good thing. Good thing for the company. I, I could, like it. You could put a picture of the cat or the goats on the front, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just well, saying. Just a big old Wampler logo. Just like Wampler, <laughs> fresh chaw. You know, <laughs> that's you did the hand sanitizer. You might as well do. Uh, you might as well do this too. That's true. Yeah, we did. We did the sanitizer. I, I need to budget some money for custom chewing tobacco. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what this market needs. That's what I figured it out. That's what we're missing in our branding. <laughs> yeah, when I see the Wampler brand, I just think, I think of a couple things. I think of tar pedals, and I think of. You know, half full Mountain Dew bottles full of chew spit. That's something that <laughs> immediately comes to mind. That's and Hank that's Williams what Jr. you want to be associated with. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. When you open it, that's that, and that that's it. That's the next product thing. So you got the you got the Wampler branded Skull Tin, right? That holds your picks. When you open the lid, it plays a Hank Jr. song. Well, now that I'm on board with. You know that. I'm I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm, down. I'm not making. I'm saying like that's that's the culture I live in. And what, you know, why not? I mean, know your audience, Brian, know your audience. It's, you got to give the people what they want. I think you might've really stumbled on a winner here. I think so. All right. Let's close it up with this. Okay. So a question, um, I think it was through an email today. A customer asked me about, uh, if, if the Eagle compressor is noisy. Now this is a question I get. Not necessarily about the Eagle compressor being noisy, but in general, like, is this pedal noisy? Is that pedal noisy? I'm having problems with this other brand's pedal because they're noisy, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I don't know if I've explained it on the podcast. I know I've explained on YouTube multiple times, but so let me explain why, yes, there's always the potential for any pedal that has gain to quote unquote add noise. Right. Right. So it's not. So I'm trying to bullet point here. So let me back up a little bit so I can stretch this out a little bit and not just give you a, yeah. Um, (laughs) So anytime you have a guitar with inductor based pickups with regular pickups or really any pickups at all, something picking up sound, right? Yes. That means there is the opportunity for other noise to get in there, whether it's uh, 60 cycle hum, whether it's just the fluorescent the lights or 
or what? No, no, not the podcast. The actual, you know, single coil pickups oh. and and. I thought you were saying Ryan electrical... and Steve were going to climb in your guitar signal somehow. <laughs> that only happens whenever I'm playing their podcast and it's near my pickup on my guitar. Um, ah, gotcha. You know, or, or whether you know if you have fluorescent lights in your room, that can cause problems. If your guitar amp is on the same circuit as your washer and dryer, and you're doing laundry at the same time, or the microwave, or whatever, like there's always a potential for noise. Even even mm-hmm. just regular noise because you got a bunch of copper running through your house that's not in any certain way to optimize audio. <laughs> it's just sorry, it's not. Um, there's the real potential for noise, let alone cables, and especially like really, really cheap cables, they can introduce more noise. Um, so let's start from there. So even though you're playing clean, you're like, oh, I, I, but I don't really hear any noise. Well, once you add any pedal that adds gain, and we've talked about this, don't confuse gain and clipping, um, but anytime that adds gain, it's increasing volume. In other words, increasing volume in any certain way. Um Whatever noise is there is going to get accentuated. It's it's going to bring the noise bring it's going to bring the level of that noise up along with everything else. Yes. So and specifically for a compressor, which is literally designed to take little bitty noises, little bitty small sounds, and boost it up way to the ceiling, and anything that's over that ceiling, shove it way back down to that ceiling. Right. That mm-hmm. creates it's this. It's trying to keep everything at the same level, cl- you know, close-ish to the same level. That's right. what compressors do. Right. So that's you know, if you stop playing a guitar and you have a compressor on and it's cranked up, that meaning like the sustain and attack and all that stuff is cranked up, then you're going to hear whatever noise is there. It will boost up. Oh yes. Oh yes, it will. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So so it's not that the comp- compressor pedals are noisy per se. It's that they have the potential to amplify other noise that's already existing in your chain that you may not have noticed before. Right. That's so that's kind of the deal with it. Right. So with that said, yes, a pedal can be noisy. Generally, I mean, if you're if you're buying a pedal from a company that's been in business for a while and they're, you know, they have circuit printed circuit boards and that sort of thing, there is a lot of consideration given on minimizing noise problems, interactions between two different signal paths, like all, there's a lot that goes into it. Generally, it's not just someone that's like, oh, you know, it would be cool if I just put the, if I put all the, all the capacitors and resistors all just like this, because it looks neat. If you know what I mean? Um, I have seen that a little bit, but generally for the most part, when we're laying out pedal boards, we're trying to do it in such a way that it, it makes the least amount of problems. Um, you know, with with sound screwing up in some way, right? Oh yeah, exactly. So it's it's designed with most of these things are designed with noise in mind and right. routed appropriately, basically. Right. Which which is also why, like, and I know some people don't like it, but surface not uh, surface mounted uh, parts on a pedal, on a circuit board and potentiometers that are you know mounted on that circuit board actually less noise. Because if you're if you have wire going to the pot or to the jack or to the whatever, you now have a little antenna there, okay, and that yep. little antenna can add more noise. Um, so also like vero, like some people build on like um, perf board or vero board or stuff like that. 
those can have more noise. So again, a bunch of, you know, you have strips of copper, which is basically a bunch of small antennas right there that, you know, are not generally oriented in such a way as to minimize noise. You can do a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as you can if you're printing out your own or, or getting printed circuit boards and having, um, and of course it makes a big difference making sure that the person laying out the circuit boards knows what they're doing. It's, it's a different skill. I don't lay my own out. It's a different skill than creating the circuit. Totally different skill. So yeah, doing the circuit layout, it's a lot of people may not realize that that um, there's lots of people that are really, really good at creating circuits and they have someone else lay the, like once the, once the basically you, you can stop me if I'm saying something stupid, which I often do, oh, you're- but like, uh, like, like creating the circuit is like drawing the schematic, like breadboarding and drawing the schematic is not the same thing as laying out a circuit board. I don't know if people realize that. Yeah, totally different. It's a totally it, different thing. That's yeah, a it's it's a it's it's definitely its own skill set. There are a lot of really great pedal designers that end up finding somebody they like to work with that uh, that does helps them with their layouts. Like right. that is very very common. Very common. Yep. Yep. Very true. And it's because and I learned this on the old chasing tone. I learned this from you, Brian, a Uh-oh. long time ago. Might yep. be might be wrong then. I may have changed may have changed my mind since then. Mm, no, you haven't because you just we just kind of rehashed it. Uh, basically, that was where I learned. I was listening to the you know I don't know episode fifty or something. I have no idea. And uh, you were talking about how layout can change noise levels and tone in a in a in a circuit, and I was like, what? The layout can change how it sounds like. I, I had no idea up until then. I've learned a lot since <laughs> I've learned a lot since then. But that was like a, a big eye opening moment. I had, you know, like four. Wow. Gee whiz. Like five or six years ago when I was listening to this very podcast as a regular just podcast gear nerd listener, which um, which is just which just goes to show follow your dreams and you can achieve anything. Look at what That's Blake's right. achieved. He does a podcast for free every week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. For free. I, I don't get paid a dime for this podcast. Wait a minute. What's going on here? Uh, now I'm starting to backpedal. <laughs> maybe I, I feel should, like I've made some poor may, life choices. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that to your attention. <laughs> hmm. Wait a minute here. We need to shut this down. Brian and I need to have an off-the-air conversation. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, um, actually I lied one more thing. We can make this quick oh. though. I know, I know we're pushing 40 some minutes here, but before the, before we got on here, we called up, um, head Wampler nerd and resident engineer who is, uh, Jake Steffes. He was on the podcast episode. I want to say 60 or so somewhere near there. And, um, asked him a good question. Cause I want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. And oh yeah, was, I had a question for you. Yeah, so that's that was, right. So that I was almost about, forgot about that. <laughs> so go ahead and frame your question, so I don't, so I don't, uh, you know, answer it in three words. Yeah. So I, um, I was curious because I know we were like searching for topics, and we decided to talk about cargo shorts instead. But um, <laughs> I was we, again. We, ch- it's the reason why it's called chasing the topic. We're always trying to chase topics to talk about after. Almost, what's it, almost 300 episodes or something crazy? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's bananas. But anyway, my question was this. I've been playing with a lot of stereo stuff lately. Um, really getting a kick out of taking, standing in the middle of the room 
and spreading two amps out as far away from me as possible and just standing right in the center and just swirling in tone. It's just wonderful. Um, but what I wasn't sure is if you look at um, different marketing language and different ways people phrase things, I was trying to figure out like, you know, I seen that like people were saying true stereo is when you have two, you know, fully independent audio paths um, that lead, you know, to their two separate audio paths and said like there's ways to there's a, there's many ways to split the signal is what I'm getting at. And I was trying to figure out what's the difference between true stereo, as some people call it, and dual mono. Like, right. Like it almost seems like kind of the same thing. And so Brian's like, let me try to explain this. Uh, let me talk to Jake. Right. And so Jake explained it to us, and uh, I'll let you right. tell, so, him, tell him what he so said. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't incorrect. So basically, I mean, Jake's an engineer. I love the guy, and he's pretty good at dumbing things down to my level. But still, on this question, he was he was, he was a little more like senior senior level high school, you know. And um, I so I'm, I'm going to dumb this down to about third or fourth grade, mostly for me. So <laughs> imagine dual mono being a Y cable that you stick in a mono output that's got two jacks there, right? So imagine, imagine, think of dual mono sort of like that. Now it's not exactly like that. I know all you engineers, all you engineer and, and DIY folk out there are like completely throw, throwing your phone down and screaming at me. I know it's not the exact same, but for all intents and purposes, it's kind of like that. The sound is the same coming out of the outputs. You adjust the rate and the depth. The same thing on the left side, the same thing on the right side. Um, on a stereo circuit, those literally are two different paths. So the sound on the left side is a little bit different than the sound on the right side. And they're working together to create the stereo effect. Yeah. That makes so much more sense than I was like really sitting there trying to figure it out. Like I was like, I don't know, because I was looking at a couple pedals and and, you know, I didn't really get like I was like, isn't that just two outputs? Like, I don't I don't understand. But it's like, yeah. So essentially it's it's kind of as Jake said it, it's like how you intend to use it kind of de de uh, describes exactly what it is. Right. So it's if you have two sig two outputs and they're both the exact same signal. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it's dual mono. But right. if they're both being, you know, having being processed in a different way and they're two slightly different signals, then we were talking about true stereo, at least on the the level that's low enough for me to understand. There's right. there's more to it than that. Right. That's that's but that's, I get that's, it that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. All so, right then. Yeah. Look at that. We did it. Forty six minutes. All right. If anyone has any, actually, let me back the truck up a little bit. So I. I've been thinking about doing something and I'd like okay. to hear not only your thoughts, Blake, but I'd also love to hear audience thoughts as well. So I've been contemplating putting together like an expert council type of thing for the podcast, which is where people ask questions. Maybe I send that question to, uh, you know, maybe it's something that is about digital processing and I send that to Jake Jake records a quick audio clip, sends it to me. I insert it in the podcast and so on and so forth. Maybe we have something about amps and I send that to Dave Friedman or whoever. And Dave answers in audio and that gets put in the podcast as well. I've been thinking about doing something like that with these, just not every day, just maybe, um, you know, maybe once a month or something like that. So I'd oh, love I to would love that. Yeah, I would love I that. 
really seen anybody else do that in the guitar space, but I thought it might be a cool thing just to really get, get the opinions of people that are extremely knowledgeable in their area and get their takes on it as well. You know, I would like that a lot because, you know, I just, uh, you know, I've been coming on here a lot and I, I say a lot of stuff on the internet. I say I, there's <laughs> literally, literally hundreds of hours of me saying things on the internet. Um, and I have to tell everyone this right now. This is just my opinion. I'm just some dude. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought, I who, thought you graduated with a degree in, in guitar gear podcasting. I didn't. In fact, I don't <laughs> think there's a school for that. Uh, and if there is, It'll probably be you and I as as professors, and that is a terrifying well, thought. You know, not um, not to change the subject too much, so don't lose your thought. But uh, okay. I, I will say something cool happened this week. Uh, a oh. professor reached out to me, and we were talking. Actually, it was when I did the interview with the my darn jam tracks guy, uh-huh. and uh, that fit with in line with what he was teaching his class. And he asked if we if he, if he, he could use the podcast audio for something he was doing in class. I'm like, yeah, oh, that man. is cool. How That's cool awesome. is that? I mean, that's way cool. I don't know if I'd put a lot of stock into what I say, but you know, <laughs> eh, I'm just kidding. Yep. Well, so. that is basically my thought is, uh, um, it, I would be really curious to hear some guys who actually like really know what they're talking about on, on that stuff. Like, tell me about like, tell me about these, the top wrapping these bridges. What's the deal with that? Right. I, you know, I know what I think, but I don't know. I don't really know. I'm yeah. just a dude. I'm I, just some dude that talks on the internet. That's and, all I do. And I have gotten a lot of questions in the past where I'm like, I am not the person to ask for that particular thing. I have no idea, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be, uh, I think it'd be something that would bring a lot of entertainment value and knowledge to, uh, to our crappy little podcast here. You know, I, I, I agree. It's a good idea. Let's do it. All right, so if anyone has any comments or questions, and in particular, like I said, let me know what you think about that idea. Shoot an email to podcast at wamplerpedals.com, uh, or you could hit up Blake at info at tonemob.com as well. Make sure you check out his podcast, like I say every week, called The Tone Mob. No, yeah, The Tone Mob, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, hit that one up. That's that's a great gear podcast as well. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, hit, well, I already said it. Hit us up. Uh, Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.